0: Well good morning everyone. Um, so good to be with you. I know it's been a several weeks for me uh, not being here. I've been on my um, hunting journeys. Um, very successful I might add. <coughs> very unique this time around. Probably one of the best, most unusual um, adventures that I've had over the last five, six years. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, got to see um, those of you that are in the outdoors, you know, you'll you'll understand this. But it's really, I go because it's very peaceful. I go to get away from the city and air, all the noise that we all face, you know, from day to day. You know, it, it it's just really good to be out in in in, in the woods, as Phil Robertson would say. That he's got a podcast called "In the Woods." and um you see some really unique things there you know but there are times where um you you might go three four hours and see nothing move and that's just part of it so if you ever want to learn patience try hunting try whitetail deer hunting let me just add to that because it will definitely do that sometimes it's very very boring uh but boy i mean in a span of Thirty minutes on one of the uh, one of the one of the hunts, I had fifteen deer just pour in from all over, and um, I ended up harvesting several deer in, in one hunt. So it was really really incredible, best one I've ever had. It was just unbelievable. Most of the time, when you hunt, when you shoot a firearm one time, everything scatters. They wouldn't leave, so they just kind of kept hanging around, and I just kept shooting so anyway the there's there's plenty of meat in my freezer for um, <laughs> it, w- it was it was pretty amazing I, I enjoyed it so in, in 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 the state of Arkansas we can kill six harvest six a year so I'm nowhere near six but anyway uh, that's kind of what I've been doing over the last many weeks enjoying the peaceful uh, sounds of of being out in the uh, outdoors and I saw plenty of hogs and whitetail deer bobcats I mean you name it Uh, just about anything that was in the woods I I, I saw so some people never see this in real life but it's really something to behold Um, no skunks didn't see any coyotes this time but I have seen many of those foxes I mean you know so at any rate uh, thank you guys for praying for Tricia she's still having some some challenges with um, not being able to sleep at night her legs are just spasming and on the right side and so she's not getting really good sleep so just when you when you pray just remember her if you if you don't mind we'd appreciate it this morning um, I was preparing yesterday and kind of thinking about what what I needed to share and uh the last two or three times I remember coming up and, and teaching on uh double dreams. Uh this time it's not a double but uh, I think there're some things that um that I feel like are very applicable to where we are and where we're going and the partnership that God's extending to all of us in in this next season that we're going to be walking in. And and I know just looking at the title and the subtitle here it really is um a spectacular type of title it's not just a title it's something i feel that we are going to be partnering with him in these ways in the years to come where we are actually going to be parting seas and healing waters and i know that that sounds really odd doesn't it i mean but it's really something that is biblical um and and, and the, it could be a literal thing where we like Moses And we're going to look at Moses and, and the story of the Red Sea Where God used him to perform some of the most incredible miracles known to man um, And even done by a man Or And I, when I say done by, you guys know what we're saying we're, It's a partnership God's always looking for someone where he can speak what he's going to do And ask that person to believe what he's saying and then walk that out with him in faith and Moses did that and the people they I mean they made mistakes along the way they murmured they complained they they're just like us we do the same thing (laughs) Um, but it's really an astounding thing to go you know uh, how why would we even need to part the sea well there might be an army behind us. We can't see them yet, but we might be in a situation that calls for us to be led by God to... Now, this is interesting, too. God led them in the wilderness uh, towards the Red Sea. It wasn't like this was something that they somehow they had missed the mark or they had, they had messed up. That was not it at all. The Scripture says Elohim, the heart of God, led them into the wilderness Towards the Red Sea. Why would God do something like that? It almost sounds like He's setting up people for failure, right? But again, He sees the end from the beginning. He already knew that Moses and the people were going to cross through on dry land. He knows all the steps that lead up to the parting of the sea. But He still requires us to go, you know what? I don't see the dry ground, I don't think it can happen. But I'm going to believe God, no matter what it looks like in the natural, because if he said this, then he's going to perform it. And that's the thing. We don't have to do that. That's his job. Our job is to hear him and follow through in obedience and partnership. And as we do that, he does the rest. So if he says he's looking for an intercessor, and we know he is, then we intercede, right? And we let his spirit do the impossible things through us. And with that in mind, we're going to look at a couple of chapters here in in Exodus chapter 14 and 15 of, and we all know this story, but it's not just a story. This is going to become a reality in ways that we can't see just yet. And it might be where we are led to a situation that looks insurmountable. That looks totally impassable kind of like the coronavirus and kind of like the other strands that are popping up right where the enemy's trying to do this now and finagle his way and he's always trying to change the times and the seasons right which is a a biblical thing I mean um, but we need to no matter what we face no matter what we see in the natural we cannot let that dictate our course we cannot if we do we're, we're we're going to be totally discouraged and let down. but let us be like David or where we encourage ourselves in the plan of God, we do that. you know it's, it's, it's one thing for somebody else to come alongside and encourage you, but it's totally another thing for us to do that for ourselves because so much of this isolation that we've been in for so many months, God's in all of it. Whether we, cognitively can put it all together and analyze it and go here's why here's why it, do, it doesn't really matter we know that the steps of a righteous man or a woman are what ordered by the lord do you think corona has god fumbling around going man what are we going to do he's not he, he has not there is not one bit of anxiety in the heart of god when it comes to anything much less a coronavirus so he's He's well aware of what's going on, and he just wants us to continue to be, be an obedient people and partner with him no matter what's going on in this world around us. And so we are partnering in, in ways that are, that are peculiar, that are unique, but in the coming days where he's leading us and the places we're all going to be going, it will require the parting of seas. It will require turning something that's very bitter into something that's sweet. And, and that's what and the way that God did it was so unusual. It says, and we'll see this in a minute. It says, when they got to that point, this is at the very end, they come to this place of bitterness and they, they're going to drink the water, but they can't because it's too bitter and, and God shows Moses a what a tree <laughs> and the trees cast into the water and it turns it from bitterness to sweetness right that's so ridiculous what was in the tree I mean it's just it just shows you the ways that God moves is totally different than the way we think we would think oh we need to, we need to not drink any of the water we just need to get away from here maybe there's, a, there's another source of water over here let's go drink here no God turned the bitterness into sweetness in the form of a tree yeah so let's look beginning and we're just going to kind of go down the line here verse by verse and in chapter 14 and 15 so it says here in verse 1 and this is where Yahweh is instructing the leader very important the Lord spake unto Moses saying Keep your mouth closed, right? Don't say anything. Be silent. Well, that's one method God uses. But in this case, he said, I need you to use the declarative capacity that I've given you on the end. I speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before. Uh, this is a hard word to pronounce here. Pahathoroth. I think that's, that's close enough. Between Migdal and the sea over against Baal, Baal Zephon, before it shall you encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, listen to what the enemy's saying here. They are entangled in the land. Entangled there means they're just getting so involved with what's going on in the land. To, to, to involve yourself with something in a way that's not good. And then he says, the wilderness will shut them in. Now, if you if you look up shut them in, it literally means to. To, sh- to shut them up to the point where they surrender that's what the enemy's saying through pharaoh here don't you know the enemy wants us all to feel that way now don't you think he wants you to go well the corona oh my god people are going still going nuts even though a vaccine is here has been released and i know the vaccines had some side effects i mean good grief it, it's gonna have that it's brand new but people are pointing to that as like trying to discredit anything that the leader had done and I'm like, are you, are you guys just crazy? What is wrong with you? This is helping a lot of people. So we, he's, he's wanting us to just give up the enemy and surrender and say, you know, it's really not worth all of this. You know, this corona thing has killed so many people. Yes, but how many people have recovered? That's one of the things about the media. Just, just I have such a distasteful just it just irritates me to know in as they paint this negative picture I don't watch the news that much and growing up that's the way it was when I when I was a young boy and I'm grateful to my parents for that I stay I want to know just enough to know what's going on but I do not want to spend hours and hours in front of the TV watching the news like so many people do because it's so negative because whatever comes in through the eyes and through the ears, guess what? It can get inside you. And you can start to battle with things that God never intended you to battle with in your thoughts about it. So how many have recovered? You rarely hear that, right? It's always, oh, we've got this number dying, this number dying. Well, every time I say that, I hear it when I'm walking through my house and news is on, I'm like, yeah, well, how many have recovered? Just to release that, you know, and... We need to use our declarative capability from our seat in the heavens to declare things that God is saying, not what the enemy's saying, not what the media is saying. We need to release it and say it all the time. That's how we fight. It's one of our weapons of war is we use our declarative capability, right? We use the sword of the breath of God that's within us. Release that. And so the enemy is wanting us to just give up. I mean, he is just wanting us to surrender. And in this case, it was a wilderness type of a a situation. And then then the Lord tells Moses, um, now, now notice Yahweh's communicating this to the leader. This is not Pharaoh saying this. Yahweh's letting Moses know, here's what's going on in the very... Um, hidden places within the thoughts and the mind of Pharaoh I'm telling you what he's thinking I'm telling you what the enemy wants to do But he says I will harden Pharaoh's heart That he shall follow after them And I will be honored kabod, upon Pharaoh And upon all his host, That the Egyptians may know that I am Yahweh And they did so That's very interesting end. This is Yahweh communicating major, major revelatory words to the leader. That's impressive. That's that's Yahweh's job. It's not my job to go after anything like trying to get a word. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to do that. We need to position ourselves in, in prayer and intercession. As we do that, then Yahweh will he will make sure we get exactly what he's reserved for all of us. I mean, we've known that for years, but I mean we really see this coming alive in, in some really powerful ways. Great, great enemy strategies revealed through this, this time of, of commune between Yahweh and Moses. And in verse 5 it says and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled now the king is getting some information right and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people and now they openly are declaring why have we done this that we let Israel go from serving us so now the plan of the enemy has backfired right it's failing <laughs> And he's realizing it so now he thinks he needs to do something so he starts to mobilize in a different manner now and he does this and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them and Yahweh hardened the heart of Pharaoh king of Egypt and he pursued after the children of Israel and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Not just a hand, but a high hand. High hand and a high hat, right? Is that three aces? But, <laughs> but the Egyptians pursued after them. All the chariots and all the horses of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army. And they overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pehathoroth before Be- Beelzefum. That's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, you would think that the people of God, they have no way out. They're surrounded, right? This massive army, these horsemen, the captains, they're just, they ought to just lay down and give up, right? One would think that. But, you know, remember, the heart of God, Elohim, if you read a couple of chapters before, it's either in Exodus 12 or 13, it says, Elohim led them this way. And he did it with specific purpose in mind, so they would continue to learn how to fight, right? I mean, he does, he's got his reasons. Sometimes we don't really get it initially, and that's okay. But as, as the plan starts to unfold, we see more, right? And, we, and we, we gain this understanding that we didn't have two months ago, six months ago, a year ago. Where are we gonna be next year this time, December of 2021? You think we're going to be dealing with corona still? Well, if you listen to the media, yeah, that's not going away until 2022. That's what I heard last night. It doesn't matter. God's not dead. He's still alive and he's still moving. He's still wanting to do things that are related to the plan. And and this must have been part of the plan. Otherwise, he would have not allowed it to happen, right? Everything that we that happens is part of the eternal plan it doesn't we don't it, we don't have to make sense of it all in fact i can't make sense of it all neither can you it doesn't make any sense but yet we we don't even need to waste our thought processes on trying to sometimes we waste and i'm saying from a waste so much time trying to think about things where god's going that's my job don't worry about that <laughs> and he's probably just he's kind of just in the partnership with us he's kind of laughing under his breath going don't focus on that that's my job i will harden it's not my job to harden the the heart of a king right that was yahweh's job but so many times it kind of gets skewed where we think we need to kind of help god out a little bit right let's just make it happen i remember somebody used to work with that was one of their key phrases let's just make it happen i'm like almost sounds like we're forcing something, right? It does. So it's liberating when when you find out what his job is and what our job is. But as humans, we tend to still kind of have issues with that. And it's okay. I mean, he doesn't just say, you know what? (laughs) I've tried to tell you this for the 10th time, even though that may be true. (laughs) He, He doesn't leave us. He doesn't abandon us like we so quickly abandon around us we are not anything like him he's perfect he doesn't just get furious with or angry and go you know what I've had the last time I'm gonna do this thing for you I am so glad he doesn't just up and leave us because we continue to maybe uh, kind of get off the pathway Sometimes <laughs> we all do this but now what happens so they're surrounded the enemy wants them to surrender and then in verse 10, the people are beginning, they're in fear and they start complaining. Man, consider the circumstances, I think we've all been there, right? Maybe you had not been in the wilderness, but you've been in a tough spot where it's been rough and you felt distress, stress, whatever prefix you put in front of it. And we do the same thing. We shouldn't do it, but we. there's just that inner struggle with the... The old carnal nature that just seems to raise its ugly head up. And then there's us in the mix of that. <laughs> and then you've got the breath of God within us. So there's that constant war going on that Paul spoke of. And so it says, when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel, this is one of the first things that they started to do. They lifted up their eyes, and they're looking at the Egyptians that are marching after them. They, they have their eyes... On the enemies there's nothing wrong with recognizing the enemies there, right? You know the scripture says he's preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies, right? But if you keep reading and after they did that, there was this fear they were sore afraid, so you got fear that comes in. So this next wave of what the enemy's trying to do is he's wanting us. He's recognized that there's a surrounding influence, and he recognizes that that's not getting us off the path. He's coming around in a second swoop to try to get us to focus on enemies that are behind us or around us or whatever to try to get us off the path. We're not going to do that. Now, there are going to be some that will. There's going to be some that they're going to be panic-stricken. They're going to be wear the mask for the next 10 years. I mean, (laughs) craziness is going to ensue gross darkness is taking on new meaning and new form in this new year it doesn't mean we have to fear and it doesn't mean we have to take our eyes off the focus of the lord and his plan that's where we need to focus in the midst of chaos in the midst of gross darkness corona is just the beginning and as much as i hate to say that Prophetically, Isaiah said the same thing many, many years ago. What does gross darkness really look like? Well, if we go and we start reading the book of Revelation, we find out there are some things that are going to be happening that are far gross than what we're facing now. But we don't have to fear, and we don't need to focus on the armies that 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 are behind us. So you got fear that's come in. And the children of Israel, one of the things they did here was good, though. In the midst of that, they cry out for the eternal plan. They cry out for Yahweh. We need to do the same. Even though the enemies behind us, look, oh, okay, stay forward, focus on the eternal plan, cry, continue crying out for that to manifest. And then they said to Moses, this is kind of where they start to get off the, get off the wagon." Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Man, gee whiz, did you remember everything that happened prior to this? Had God not done anything (laughs) for you at this point? This is where, if we're not careful, we can allow the atmosphere and things that are around us to just absolutely cause us to plummet into despair and into depression and into fear and we just, we cannot go there. He says, where, they say, Wherefore hast thou dealt this with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? They wanted to revert back. In, but it's in the midst of challenging circumstances where they've got a massive army ready to just take them all out, right? I mean, it's pretty rough, wouldn't you say? And I'm not being hard on the on the children of Israel here. I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying, hey, let's look at this and go. Man, I see myself in that. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to get to a point where I'm thinking like I'm dying in the wilderness. Why'd you bring me here to this thing? Why'd you let Corona go? On and on and on and on. You know, the way we can really get thinking. And boy, when you start, once you start down that road, it just like. Okay, I've already said 15 things that I shouldn't have said, right? So rather than go down that pathway, we just need to always focus on, yes, the enemy's surrounding us, the enemy's behind us. Fear might try to come in, but let's continue to cry out for the eternal plan. And then they say this. Not only did they say, hey, we should have just let us serve the Egyptians. But they said, for it had been better, or Tob, for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So now they're associating Tob and saying it was better that we serve the Egyptians. And that's totally a twisted thought that they had. And, and they declared that. And we know that's, that's, not, that's not right. Now, Moses could have responded in a lot, of, a lot of ways, right? He could have said, you know what, I've had it with you guys. You're on your own. <laughs> I mean, he could have Man, lots of people <laughs> Lots of leaders might have might have Went down that pathway A lot, lot of leaders have done that in the past Where they abandoned their people Just because things kind of get rough and tough Right? That's, that's tragic This is all part of it This is part of being a leader In the midst of people that are just going nuts In the midst of a situation where You've got so many voices saying this And saying that But really the only voice that matters is the voice of God, right? What is he saying? Well, He led us. he's led us to this, right? The Elohim led the people in the wilderness. So if he's led us there, then whatever happens, he knows exactly what's going on. He knows all the details. And so Moses says this to the people. Now notice, it, it didn't say Moses went away and prayed for five days and saw the Lord. No, I mean, he came to the fore. The Lord had already started talking to him. He knew what was going on. He alerted the leader to specifics. And he said to the people, first thing he addressed was fear. He said, fear ye not. And so any type of, now, common sense here, this is not the type of, if if you're out in the woods, okay, and this did happen. I'm just going to share this. I had to stare down at a five, about five yards with a wild hog with no gun, no bow, nothing. The only thing I had was my, my nephew had a 38 pistol over here and, and there's a hog staring me down like five yards in front of me and I'm waiting on him to see if he's gonna charge me, if he's gonna run off. And we just stare, staring down one another and I forget why I'm going this, down this path. Let me look at the verse here that, that triggered this. There was a reason. Oh fear! there we go. That would have been a point for me to, to fear, right? I wasn't afraid. I mean, I was just to stare down, and eventually, you know, most animals out there they'll just run off unless they're unless they have rabies or unless you you come up on them with their uh, their 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 babies or whatever. Then they'll get kind of furious and protective, and it makes sense, right? So he addressed the fear, and then secondly he said stand still and and pastor you know this passage very well this is the one that was used but when when the um the front row was filled with you know a lot of our uh other brothers um that day and i remember it and i was as i was studying I, I reflected back on that day stand still here means just a, a point of positioning where you are not going to be moved i mean there's nothing that's going to Cause you to be, you know, uh, waver to the left or right. You are stationary. You are positioned and you're not going to move. So that's, that's his second directive to the people of God. And his third one was, the third one required more of a um, um, action on the part of the people. He said, see the salvation of Yahweh. Okay, that's, that's really interesting. He said, fear not. Stay positioned where you're at, don't leave, don't run, don't don't go nutso on me. And then he said, Ra'ah, use the discerning capabilities that I've given you to see the good and the evil, and in the midst of it, see the delivering power that's going to come from the eternal plan. That is incredible. Three, Three things that the leader said to the people. Powerful things, too, in the midst of what's going on. And I believe the Lord would say it's the same things to us in this time frame that we're in. Don't fear. There are fear mongering voices all over the place. I mean, every time you turn on the news, they may not come out and use the word fear, but the, the content, the essence of, of what they're saying is fear laden. We don't need to fear. I mean, look at this. We're going to see what God did in the midst of this situation. There was no human way out. Nothing the people could do on their own. But then we've got to that second part. No matter what is going on, no matter how hard the winds are blowing, we must stand still, remain in our position, in our placement, in our location, in our tarot, and stand there. You know, you got the histeme coming in here too, but we, we just re- need to remain calm. We, why do we get so stressed out? I mean, why do we get so anxious? I mean, why do we worry? I mean, we're human, but what I'm saying is we've got the, we've got the creator of the universe that can do anything no matter what it looks like. He can handle all that. I mean, he he can deal with all that. When we start to when we start to look at things in the natural and start to overanalyze, sometimes I do that. Overanalyze a situation to where you get it down to something that's just so minuscule, and um, man, it wears it can wear you out. I mean, it just let things happen as they happen. You know, let don't don't try to help. We don't need to help God out. I mean, who do we think we are trying to help him out anyway? I mean, when you really think about it, does he need our help? No, he can do it all on his own, but he chooses to partner with us. So he says, I want you to be able to see the delivering power that comes from my eternal plan, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen, Ra'a today, shall Ra'a them again no more forever. Yahweh will fight for you, and you will hold your peace. So he reiterated the fact, hold your peace, stand your ground, stay positioned, don't let fear overtake you, and he says, watch watch the delivering power that's going to come from you partnering to my eternal plan. That's all that matters. That's it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. We've done this all throughout this journey. It's just that these, these stages in the ball ballgame, it's, it's, it's different. And then, so we keep reading, and so Yahweh continues to give further instructions to the leader in, in Exodus 14, 15 through 20. And Yahweh says unto Moses, why are you crying unto me? So Moses, Moses, I mean, I, I believe his heart was right. I don't think he did anything wrong here. I think he was doing what he felt like he needed to do, crying out to Yahweh. Sounds like a good thing to me, right? But Yahweh says, speak to the children of Israel. Again, he's going back and saying, You declare what I've already told you to do. And he said, Tell the people that they do what? Go forward. Keep moving forward. No matter what's behind the enemy's behind you, right? He said, stand still. And now he's saying, okay. Tell them to go forward now. And at that point, he said a, a second thing, though. But lift thou up thy rod. Second thing, and here's a third one. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And he said, when you do that, the children of Israel will go on dry land through the midst of the sea. Now, I have to be honest with you. That's pretty extraordinary, right? And I'm glad, Yahweh's saying he's going to do this, but it still demanded absolute obedience, right? Moses could have said, man, I think some kind of demon's telling me to do this. This sounds so crazy. He could have did anything. And then in verse 17, it says, and behold, I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they're going to follow them, and I will get me kabod on Pharaoh and all his host, on all the chariot and all the horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. Now here's here's the angelic um, intervention here too. And the angel of Elohim, which was before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went before them, be- went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came to the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the uh, Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them but it gave light by night to these so that one came not near the other night so god was protecting his people with the cloud and the fire right but to the enemy what they couldn't see it was a it was a um they it was a what do you call it it was obstruction where they couldn't get beyond it i think that's very interesting too don't you think that's amazing yes Yeah, that means they had to they had to trust what Yahweh was communicating to the leader. Okay, we have to trust that He's communicating to the leader and giving instruct instru- details instructions along the way. Uh, so yeah, that's a great point. Circumstances hadn't changed, but He still required us moving forward so at this point moses has it's on him now yahweh said i'll do all these things here's what i need you to do in partnership and in verse 21 it says and moses stretched out his hand over the sea and yahweh caused the sea to go back by a strong east ruach all that night and he made the sea dry land and the waters were divided see moses job was to lift up the rod Yahweh's job was to do all the rest. So there's that obedience and partnership. And if we can join the two like that, like we've been doing, but the Lord's requiring much more of us, and he's asking us to really believe for things that aren't manifesting yet, but he says, go forward. If we can stand with him, we're going to watch him do some of the most remarkable miracles in the coming days. I really believe that. And it's interesting that he used his breath to divide and to dry up. I mean, that's what what the wind there is. I looked at it, Ruach. (laughs) His breath can do anything. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. Now, see, there's some trust there, too. I mean, they could have turned and said, Moses, have you lost your mind? Are you crazy? I mean, they could have done that. It sounds crazy to the human mind, right? But it says, They went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were walled unto them on the right side and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, Yahweh looked. Yahweh looked. And the word for look there is it's not ra'ah, it's another Hebrew term. It means he's, he's leaning out he's peeping in and looking and gazing and checking everything out. What is he looking at? The host of the Egyptians and he's doing it through the pillar of fire and through the cloud. And as he does that, he recognizes he needs to do something and it says, what did he do? He troubled the host of the Egyptians. In other words, he threw everything into commotion with what the enemy was trying to do. believe we're coming into a time frame where the lord is going to begin to throw everything that the enemy's trying to do into commotion he's going to disturb it and he's going to he's going to deal with it he's going to take care of it and it says and this is the kind of the humorous part and he took off their chariot wheels (laughs) so very interesting right you wouldn't think that that would be the way that god would bring well, there's quite a few miracles that have happened, and this was just part of it. So he took off the chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for Yahweh fights for them against the Egyptians. <laughs> so here, he, he's taken off the wheels. He, he's used his breath to, to, to cause this wall on the left and the right for the people to walk through on dry ground. That is, that's ridiculous. There's no way humanly possible that this can be done. There's no, you got, you, you, there's no human element involved in this other than partnership. Other than being like Abraham and hearing what God wants to do and saying, Yes, Lord, I believe what you said at the right hand. And then God will use this to influence others here as we, as we keep reading. And then the Lord says to Moses, okay, so Yahweh's done his job. Now it's time for Moses, the partner, to do his. Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon the chariots, and upon the horsemen. This is a second time that God's asked Moses to lift up the rod. And okay, he, The first time, what happened? <sighs> the wall of water. God did the miracle and let him walk through on dry ground. Now this time, God's going to partner with Moses and say, you know what? Now I'm... I'm going to use, I'm going to partner with you to destroy the enemy. Lift up the rod. And as he did that, over the sea, (coughs) the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. and, And Yahweh overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so as much as one of them Lifting up twice. I know pastor's done teaching on the hand part, and that's, that's there. But two, boy, this is, this is incredible. So he partnered with him to say, hey, lift up your hand. I'm going to let the people walk through. Lift up the, your hand with the rod. I'm going to cause the, the water to come back to its own strength. Those are the types of, of demonstrations that are coming as we go forward as a people in this next year and the years to come. Now, I don't know all the details. It's not, again, it's not for us to know. It's, I, I believe the Lord can do it. I know he can. And we could cite miracle after miracle in our own lives to encourage ourselves in the Lord that he's going to do things like this. In the verse 29, But the children of Israel walked upon the dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall on the right and on the left. Thus, Yahweh saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. What would that be a sight to behold? (laughs) Now they're looking from a totally different perspective, right? Beforehand, they were focused on the enemy. Fear tried to take in. Now the victory's been won, and now they're looking at their enemies dead on the seashore. Those are the types of things that we can believe God for in the coming days to... See the aftermath of what he's done to annihilate enemy forces. And I'm not saying killing people physically. I'm just saying dealing with the enemy who's the source of a lot of the evils that are being released into our world and all around us. We're going to see manifestations of people recognizing and raw the good purpose that comes out of all the evil that's here. And there are going to be many people that are going to experience The delivering power of Yahweh and his eternal plan as we move forward. There's a lot of things in here that are very applicable to our walk.
1: Yahweh did all these other things. And what I and one of the things that I'm getting as a, as a ministry from what you're reading here is how God, during this time where we've been waiting, God has covered us with his heart. Uh, it, there's been deep commune. Uh, it's Elohim has been separating us from the enemy that would try to destroy us. Mm-hmm. But it's Elohim that does it. And we've been secured and, and covered there. But looking down from the top of that ladder, the ladder of Elohim, you've got Yahweh that's that's really going to be affecting our way of escape and our way of victory. And I, I just, that really ministered to me. And I, I want to thank the Lord for the way over this past year, his tenderness and his, his heart. And the angels that communicate that have been the ones that have really been separating us from the enemy. That 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 it says here clearly. Yeah. That Elohim the angel of Elohim was the one that was leading them with the pillar. But when the enemy came and God was directing the stop, it went to the back of the camp. Right. The angel of Elohim was protecting and we faced that in this past year. We've been benefited from that. And so Yeah. Anyway,
0: no, no, that's great. Those are great points. Yeah, it's there's there's a lot to be, to be gleaned from all the you know the the different scriptures here. So yeah, those are those are great points. Um, let's see. We were oh I see. So verse thirty one, says and Israel wrought that great work, which the which Yahweh did upon the Egyptians. And here's a result of what happens, some of the results. The people, the people, the people feared the plan of Yahweh. That's what we want. That's what we want. And, and I know if, if you study, you know if you study if you study the walk of the, uh, the children of Israel from beginning to end, they start out well. They make some mistakes along the way. <laughs> And then they they come back. So it's kind of like an ebb and flow, which really is a kind of the way we as people do, right? So I'm not real prone to, you know, just make the children of Israel look like idiots or morons. Some people, whenever you hear messages, they'll make them feel like they're the scum of the earth. And it's like, really, there's a lot of the, the children of Israel in all of us. There's a lot of Saul's, Saul in us, you know. So they... When's the last time you were in front of a sea and an army was behind you or me? I've never had that happen quite like that. So I'm not going to be quick to judge them. Uh, our circumstances are different. But as we keep reading this, not only did the people fear the plan, but then they believed Amon, Yahweh, the eternal plan that was being revealed and his servant Moses and the leader that was directing him and getting words from Yahweh. That's incredible. Now, as a result of that, we got about 10 minutes left. Here's what happens. And this is, this is a pattern for us. Anytime we're, we're in obedience and we're partnering with, with, with the Lord in these ways, when we come out of it, he's going to fill our mouth with a song of triumph. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto Yahweh. And they spake, saying, I will sing unto Yahweh. I will sing about the eternal plan, for he has triumphed. And triumph there, I've put the definition for you. He has mounted up, he's risen up, and he's become majestic in a glorious fashion for us. And they were specifically, the content of the of the song was the horse and the rider, he's thrown into the sea. I remember hearing that song, you know, as a young boy, and a horse, and there's all different kinds of songs with a horse and the rider in it. This is something these people lived. And as we come into this point in this new year, we, we've done this in the past. I'm not saying it, but it's going to take on a different flavoring because what he has for all of us is different in this new year and let there be songs of great triumph be birthed in us and we can sing about those and and share you know you know we, we might have some kind of song about the coronavirus or something. i don't know i'm just joking but you get the point it's it's a point of deliverance and and so they join in and they say yahweh is my strength and my song he's become my salvation He is my Elohim, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. This is something else that they talked about. By virtue of that experience, the Lord, Yahweh, is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone very descriptive, very detailed, and the only way somebody's singing a song of triumph like that is, is how they've walked through that experience with the Lord. We've had some incredible experiences and encounters and things in the Lord, and may we never forget those. May we never forget those. Some of us can't sing very well, you know, but thankfully we're singing about well, it's unto Yahweh, and it's about His eternal plan, so sing it anyway. If you can't carry a tune in a bucket, sing in the shower. I mean, it doesn't matter. The, God's not. It, you see how we're so interested with things? I mean, you, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it, it's so funny. I get so tickled when I think about how we get, if it doesn't sound just right, or we get off key, boy, we just start going kind of... It's really not concerned about that stuff. He, he knows the, the intent of the heart. I'm grateful for that, and I know you are too. So the, these, these days that we're in, they're, they're still challenging. I mean, but there's there's great fruitfulness in all of this. And the people are singing about it. The depths, okay, I've already read that. The depths have covered them, they sank into the sea. Thy right hand, O Yahweh, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Yahweh, has dashed in pieces the enemy. So there's a connective there with the right hand and the shattering of the enemy into pieces. So as we stay, we we know the right hand is a real place. It's a positional place where God begins to speak things that he's going to do in heaven. It's there. And as we, as we trust him at the right hand, we can, we can know that there's gonna, he's going to shatter the enemy into pieces. That's what it says here. In verse 7, And in the greatness of thine excellency hast thou overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest, sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And the blast of thy nostrils, the water were gathered together, the flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, Here's some I wills of the enemy. It's not from Isaiah, but from Exodus. I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied on them. Here's another I will. I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. And then Yahweh says, Uh uh-uh, uh, ain't happening. And then he says, I'm going to blow my Ruach, and the sea <laughs> covers them, and, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. <laughs> so when the enemy thinks he's going to overtake us, and when the enemy thinks he, he's going to pursue us and divide us, and we're not even go there, we could, God says, you know what? I'm going to blow my Ruach, and I'm going to take care of all of this now. I'm believing for that. When our backs are pushed against the wall, we have the ruach of the Lord that's going to be blowing on our behalf, and he's going to deal with the enemy and anything that we face that's not part of the eternal plan. I love that. <laughs> and it said <laughs> they sank as lead. To the, you just see a just, whoo, real heavy, sinking in the waters. Who is like unto thee? O Yahweh, among the Elohims, who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, there's the right hand again, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed, thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of the palestina then the dukes of edom shall be amazed the mighty men of moab trembling shall take hold upon them all the inhabitants of canaan shall melt away wow hey i mean he's taking care of enemies all over the place right melting away um uh, uh, amazement just all kinds of things trembling fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thy arm that they, they shall be as still as stone to thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you've made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever, for the, the horse of Pharaoh went in with the chariots, And with his horsemen into the sea. And Yahweh brought again the waters of the sea upon them. And the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. So that's that song. The whole chapter is a dedicated song of triumph of what Elohim did in regards to the Red Sea. We've all read it. But it's going to be taking on new meaning as we move forward together as a people and as a network. And then if you keep reading here, <laughs> oh boy, now Miriam, boy, she gets going. It says, and Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, <laughs> took the timbrel in hand. Oh, Just when you thought the, the, the singing and, the, and the, the offering was done, it's not. And all the women get forth, they get their timbrels, and they start dancing. And Miriam says, sing unto Yahweh, for he's triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider has he thrown into the sea. Everybody was involved in this great celebration of the delivering power of the eternal plan. And then right after that is where Moses takes the people in Exodus 15, verses 23 through 27. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Sur. And they were there three days in the wilderness. They found no water. Okay, and this is immediately right after And they came to Marah Where they could not drink of the waters Because they were bitter Therefore the name of it was called Marah And the people murmured against Moses Saying What shall we drink Here we go all over again How quickly People can forget The delivering power Of the Lord Did you just not walk on dry ground? Why would you even start murmuring? But it happens. And you deal with it. And it says, And he cried unto Yahweh. And in this case, this crying out led to the Lord, showing the tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And he said unto them, if you will diligently Shema, the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep Shemar, all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Now he's referring back to all the plagues, right? Yes. For I am the Lord that raffes you, heals thee. So at the Lord at the end of this is saying, I want commitment, I want partnership, and I want and I demand obedience. If you will do these things, I promise to you that I will not bring any of this disaster upon any of you. We have some really incredible days ahead of us as a people and as a network. So that brings me to the end. I'm not going to go over. I just put the other two references there about the Red Sea. Because initially I was going to title the message the Red Sea, but it kind of morphed into something else. So I I am done. Anybody have anything that? you would like to add or input other than
2: that long time that they had mammon. there was even murmuring in the reason is greed they were having just enough to get by but nothing extra and all of us want something extra <laughs> you know we want a better car, we want a better this better that, a new this or new that And all they had was the minimum. And they were probably murmuring before this ever happened. And then they're like, okay, this is something else. When they're in Egypt, they're thinking about the generations where God let them be the servants. And they knew why they were the servants. They knew why they had lost their homeland. It was tradition that they always Tell you all the history of Israel and every family, and so they all knew. And they're wondering, is this going to happen again? He let it happen once. Is he going to let us die at the hands of Pharaohs? He let us be captive to the Pharaohs, and uh, it made faith very difficult. And then when they, when they. Uh, got through those difficult times and they started carrying their luggage again into the desert they're thinking you know we could have used those chariots with the big wheels
0: <laughs> but they're destroyed all kind of well, you know they're gonna
2: they're just mumbling about everything <clears throat> and uh, just agreeing with what you've said earlier we, we uh, we're a people that uh, once more, more than we've got, and more than we think we're going to get.
3: Well, that makes me think about the past as they talked about you know, having. That'd be, that'd be like you sitting at your desk at work. You're employed and being paid wage, right? And all day you sit there and work. says and start you know um, regurgitating all that stuff and we're not that's not what we're supposed to we're not supposed to be the light this was i know i didn't have a lot of comments but it was good and i I am constantly amazed uh how the egypt or how the uh, such miraculous provision and just miracles on a daily basis, and yet the very next day, they're complaining. Yeah. You know, but, but, uh, so is mankind. You know, we look about us today, it's the same thing. I mean, we sit there and complain about the fact that, you know, Trump didn't get reelected. Really Nonetheless, we live in the freest country, on the face of the earth. You know, and, yeah, and, we, we, and we
0: act like even if, I mean, like, is like, God taken by that? I mean, right. is, can, he, can he still, I mean, it's it's all going to work out. It may not. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's it's just we just have to trust him And, and there's a lot of the uh, the Egyptian um, behavior. I'm being careful with my word there because I, I wanted to say uh, I, I was thinking of the c word curse, but it can I guess generationally, I mean. Well, that kind of stuff can be passed on I mean you think about a generational curse doesn't necessarily just say generational sin anything can become a curse really if you think about it because it's damning and it's detrimental and it's just ongoing repetitive type thing so I think I think we're we've matured a lot over the years I mean if you go back and you kind of do a self-evaluation of where you were 20 years ago man all grown so much and um but we still have to deal with that old human nature within us that just wants to rear its head up but no no matter what we face um we may not like the the person that was elected or whatever um, we may still think that some things were not correct but Whatever the case may be, we need, to, we need to not focus on the enemy and the armies that are behind us, but fear not, stand still, and do those three things, that, and see and discern. That's, a, that's another thing I didn't mention too much about, but to see the, the the salvation, the delivering power that comes from being in the eternal plan, that takes discernment. It, it takes action on our Seeing is an action verb that speaks of you. Need, I need to do something in order to be able to, because I can be in the midst of it and not see the delivering power of Yahweh and, and see something, see the evil side of it and not the good. I could go well, if if Yahweh was in this man, all this stuff wouldn't be here. So I'm looking at it from the the twisted evil side versus the toad side, um, and that can be challenging too. But what what keeps us all aligned is the breath of the Lord inside of us. Just constantly that, that commune and, and that's something that the enemy's he's fighting during this during this time of isolation and well, you know, it's God allows all this stuff for reasons I don't think we'll be able to fully know <laughs> right right now. It's just, just I just learned try to go with flow. Um, I get stressed out, I get anxious. But the Lord's always quick to go. hang can worry about that. I'll take
4: care of it. Mark, we had uh, my mother was born in 1911, and she was raised in a really rough time. It, it, the gangs, the mobs, the, and the different things like that. And it, was a hard, it was a hard life, and she was the sweetest woman I have ever seen in my life. She just she was so patient, and she was so just good. But she murmured, and she was very had a very negative outlook, and she complained not really complained that much, but she just always had some, She always showed the bad side of what what was happening, and I didn't notice it at the time as a child, mm-hmm. but the older I got, I, started, I began to hear that all the time. You know, something was bad. Something was bad, and I, but she was a sweet woman. She went to church, she tied. she did everything she should be doing on one side, but the other side was that continuous negativity. I'm just saying that to, to make us all think that oh, what are we really saying? What, what are we really saying? You know, mm-hmm. are we murmuring? Because she was so sweet. I mean,
3: yeah, I can't yeah. tell you.
4: But she had this side of her, and it, it's because of when she was raised, yeah. a sign of the times, during the depression and everything. But I'm sure that's a result of all that. And of course she was you know uneducated to a point, back in those days, they didn't have a whole lot of schooling, mm-hmm. but uh, she, and she didn't know any better, you know. But she just I thought, you know that's what a, what a shame that is to have brought that cloud with her. And we don't know what cloud that we might be shedding on others. But you need to be aware of that.
2: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Know, we have that psalm uh, that we all know, uh, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And um, I was, when I was studying that years ago now, but I was studying it, trying to really th- thoroughly look at I across this story about uh, World War II in which uh, when the war was over, they were able to find um, uh, an orphanage where the children were pretty much starving. And they were all traumatized by the war. And when the American nurses went in there to and were assigned that orphanage, they found that the children would not were not sleeping and they, they just were restless.